Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Head over to vsin.com slash podcast. You'll get coast-to-coast hoops. Greg Hoops-Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. There is also Beating the Book with Gail Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, this show, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, and many more. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King, I am Tim Murray. We are the nightcap up early for Follow the Money. Filling in for the guys, Mitch and Paul. They'll be back next week. Don't you worry. Uh, Dave Ross and Matt Humans will have you covered starting tomorrow for a couple more days before the boys come back from a well-deserved little vacation. Sean's rocking his Duke gear. Did you get that down at the uh, bookstore? Oh, yeah, yeah. I spent a nice little penny. Yeah. I'm I sure mean, that sure so they he, needed it. So yeah. here's what I did. I bought six different new pieces of Duke clothing because I feel I should support fully as we win the six games that it takes to be the 2021 NCAA men's basketball national champion. You still haven't told me why you won't put in a future on Duke. I told you, I'm superstitious when it comes to that team. I'm not saying you bet them game by game because if you bet them as a favorite and they don't cover, I totally understand that. But let me ask to our our viewers out there, if you've got a favorite team and you believe they're good enough to win a championship like Sean and his beloved Duke Blue Devils, why not go get a little little extra something? Just put put 100 bucks on it and turn it into a 1000 bucks. Imagine that. They're cutting down the Nets, Coach K's final season. I sit next to you for 15-plus hours a week, so I know you're not dumb, but you're acting really stupid right now because I said I'm superstitious because that's my squad. Okay? There's no explanation needed. Superstition is unique. It can be abstract. It can be rational. It can be irrational. It's why it's superstitious. And when it comes to this particular emotional attachment I have, I choose not to wager wager for or against. I'm not saying it needs to be life-altering okay. money. 
Just saying. Thank All you. that gear that you bought right there probably cost you because it's you know it's a bookstore, so it's probably like a twenty dollars oh, sweatshirt I, I, that I probably wish. costs like ninety five dollars. Oh, I, I wish it was. So you probably bucks. dropped around the uh you know. I, I spent a nice little penny. You probably dropped around you know a dime because uh, in, my support is unwavering. It right. just does not include. You know, me from a wagering standpoint. And you know what? When Coach K comes in studio after he wins his yeah, that's sixth probably, title. probably not going to happen. And, you know, he's he's walking off into the sunset. When Coach K enters the, the arena, he doesn't come in with the team, by the way. Like, he has, they turn the lights off. They got, like, a special song that's played. Like, his whole walk is roped. Gary Williams used to To ensure that, that, awesome. that no one can, like, get close to him or touch him. You know, I, I'm actually a... You know, I work for Visa, and, like, we're celebrities. Like, we, we have the nightcap. So I get to Durham, and I'm like, you know, I'd love to. If I got to get there at 10 a.m. or if I got to stay to midnight, I'd love to take a picture with Coach K. And <laughs> sorry, then, yeah. sorry, sorry. Did you really just say that? <laughs> hey, listen, guess what the response was? <laughs> uh, no. Impossible. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> did you really? But I get it, and it was explained to me he's had health issues. One of the reasons, and I don't know if, if anyone's thinking of going to the game, you have to be vaccinated to go inside of Cameron Indoor Stadium, and you have to have proof of a vaccination card. So we got there. We were about to enter, and we couldn't go in because I didn't know you had to go to a separate table first and get a specific wristband. Mm. And so luckily I had a picture of my vaccination card on my phone or my cross-country trip to Durham could have gone very differently. That would have been an all-time beat right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into uh, here at Circa, they dropped conference tournament odds. They, they've had them up throughout the past couple of weeks, and they reposted them yesterday. I actually think there's some interesting spots to look at, and I actually made a play last night, so we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, with Seth Greenberg joining us at the bottom of the hour, uh, it is worth noting, as we talked about it yesterday, Juwan Howard ruling came down, suspended five games. Uh, Greg Gard fined but not suspended. Uh, the assistant coach that uh, Juwan Howard mushed, uh, no no penalty. A couple other uh, players were were suspended. I, I I think this was the likely outcome. This was, I think, what we were expecting. Jeff Goodman on the show yesterday. Uh, basically said as much that he had heard it would probably be the remainder of the regular season, which is five games. Howard should be able to return with the team when they play in the Big Ten tournament. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. By the way, the assistant coach that will take over for Michigan uh, has got a little bit of history. He is Phil Martelli, longtime St. Joe's head coach. So it's not like they're handing the reins to someone who has never coached a game before. He can recruit them. So, That's why he's on the staff. What's that, Phil Martelli? Yep. So, um, I'm, I'm so over this story. Yeah, and, no, and I, like, I, I just, it was I just worth bringing I, up. Like, I'd love for someone to explain. I really don't care, but come on. The fines, like, what significance do the fines have? None. Like, come on, it's just adding something to make it look like they're doing more than they actually are, which is nothing. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know uh, how you want to play this when it comes to Michigan. You know, Michigan's. Well, one or two things going to happen. Either they're going to rally around, and they have four straight home games here. So Michigan is is very much on the bubble. Tough They've got schedule. Home to Rutgers on Wednesday. 
They're home to Illinois on Sunday. They're home to Michigan State a week from today on Tuesday. And then they're home to Iowa a week from Thursday. Four straight home games. And then they finish at? Uh, Ohio State. I mean, they could go I mean, I, anything. One and four, four and one makes sense. It's just all about how they handle this if they go, If they go four and one. And they're in the tournament. And they're, I mean, all of these games outside of Rutgers. Rutgers has already beat them. Keep no, but I'm just saying. When it when it comes to the resume, right. quad one, Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa. I think Iowa's in Q one now, and Ohio State's on the road, so that'll be the so, quad. The quads are off this year; they're, they're slightly off. Just you you don't understand what I have to deal with with this guy on a nightly basis. They, they're computer based. Yeah, computers make mistakes all the time. Yeah. Yep. You know that the ACC sucks, right? Facts. Okay, thank you. I just I just want a reminder. Yeah, that, that's not off. Yeah. That the team that Duke lost to in Florida State just lost to Boston College last night and is under 500. Um, but I, I do want to get to what Circa posted yesterday, which was eight conference tournaments and then ways to also short teams in addition to. So we've got... The ACC, the Big Ten, the SEC, the Pac-12, the American, the Big East, the Mountain West, and the Big 12. So your Dukies are minus 125 to win the ACC tournament, which will be in Brooklyn this year. And if you think that Duke will lose, there is a way, thankfully here at Circa, to short them without having to take a flyer on you know some random team. You could go the field, which is minus 105, against Duke, which essentially you just go to the kiosk here and you just say, no, Duke will not win the NCAA or the ACC uh, tournament. I don't like this bet because the ACC is terrible. Uh, Duke should win this conference tournament. I'm not going to lay a dollar twenty-five because the, the, the tricky part about conference tournaments, especially in the power level, power five level, is, Sean, I don't know the motivation for Duke. Do they really care about winning three consecutive games in Brooklyn to win this conference tournament? Are Be- you serious? Yeah. This is Coach Krzyzewski. Oh, my God. This is his last oh, I haven't heard ACC that. conference tournament. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, well, you said they didn't have any that, motivation. That's, that's news to me. I hadn't heard that well, Coach K was retired. Well, you just made a statement that was ludicrous. They, you don't know if they have any motivation. It's his last ACC but, conference tournament. Well. I mean, if if they were motivated every game, they wouldn't lose at home to Miami well, and, and UVA. Last time I checked, no one in NCAA men's basketball is undefeated. So I guess well, Gonzaga is undefeated in their conference, but you think they stink? Yeah, because Duke beat them on a neutral court. I was at the game. I know it was a great game. Right, so it was a good win. I know it happens. Yeah, I'm trying to see what the but, they, best but Gonzaga didn't lose to. I'm a, trying to see what the best value like Florida is. State. I would say the Pac-12 field. At plus one twenty, and not necessarily I do like that. Not necessarily because Arizona is not capable of winning, but they've been very inconsistent, and they've had some stretches where they can't knock down jump shots. You know where they struggle immensely on the offensive end. And if you told me that Oregon or UCLA or even Washington State or someone like that upset Arizona, I wouldn't think it was a huge upset. So to get plus money, you know, with the Pac twelve field, I probably would say that's the best value, uh, the most likely, in my opinion, but you've got to lay uh, a pretty pretty big number here is, I mean, you can pick and choose, SEC, Big Ten, or Big 12. Like, I don't think Purdue, Kentucky, or Kansas are anywhere close to a guarantee 
to navigate those conference tournaments. Especially I, Purdue doesn't play defense. Kentucky still hadn't gotten completely healthy. And Kansas is extremely inconsistent. We'll continue this discussion on the other side, but I think the best play when you're trying to short the favorite, I, Houston. I think the AAC field is a tremendous play at minus 110. I mean, SMU's getting hot right now. Memphis. You just got to hope that is Memphis, going to be depth. And here's the thing, Sean. Memphis and SMU don't play in the semifinal, and Houston doesn't have to play on both. It doesn't matter. Marcus Sasser is out. They're, they're offensively limited. Yeah. And we saw this past weekend on the road at Wichita State. They should have lost to Wichita State. I mean, they are struggling offensively. Kelvin Sampson is a phenomenal coach. Mm-hmm. But at minus 110 to get the entire American Athletic Conference field against Houston, I think that of those shorting the favorites is the absolute best play on the board. It is Follow the Money here on Visa. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. The Sports Betting Network. Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops-Peterson will look at every major and some minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg's got an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season and on his podcast. He provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. You want to download Coast to Coast Hoops, head over to vcin.com slash podcast or 
wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, catch up on every VSIN show as well. That gentleman right there, Super Bowl champ, Sean King. I am Tim Murray, filling in for Mitch and Paul. What's up? You just don't give yourself enough credit when we come from breaks. Why? Because, like, you're smart, you're funny, maybe not the best looking, but, like, you have a lot of great qualities. I don't wear Duke sweatshirts at work, so. Because you well, you're like, not part of the cool club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. That that always feels like a, a a tough club to join, the front runner club. But, you know, that's cool. Um, before we jump into today's slate of college hoops, is there anything out there? We talked, I, I really believe that the best play of the ones that we showed I like the Pac-12 one. I'm with mm-hmm. you on that at plus 120. If you're short in Arizona, I really like the American Athletic Conference, the short Houston. I think when you think about the stretch that they'll have to do, three straight days with the limited depth, the limited scoring capabilities, you're starting to see some cracks there. I'm just hoping that Houston can hold on for dear life to win the regular season uh, so I can cash my preseason plus 240 on Houston. Um, you know, SMU's looking great right now. Memphis is playing better. They're on the bubble. Um, you know, we saw Wichita State play them extremely tough in Wichita over the weekend. Double overtime win for Houston. So I do think minus 110 on the field against Houston is a worthy play. I like the Pac-12. But just looking big shot or long shots, I should say. I did have three plays I liked. Okay. Uh, if Can we put the graphic up again that uh, – has the actual conference tournament odds that, that were put out. You liked uh, the hometown team, UNLV. I think when you look at the Mountain West Conference, UNLV is sitting there at plus 1,200. Mm-hmm. They're hot right now. They're talented. They have an elite player. Uh, Bryce gonna, Hamilton. They're going to be playing in at that home. tournament here in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. So they're sleeping in their own bed. You know, they're the ones that are, you know, doing their normal routine. And also in the SEC, I think there's some great value of Arkansas and Alabama. Two teams that if the draw goes right, can beat Auburn on a given night, can beat Kentucky on a given night. Nobody would blink if Alabama start hitting their shots in the SEC tourney and won. Yeah, I think at 15-1, to 1, I mean, Alabama, Worth a shot. At Alabama, you think about what their some of their preseason odds were. I mean, they were as low as 25-30-1 to 1 to win the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been one of the most disappointing teams in college basketball this year. They're still going to make the NCAA tournament, obviously. They've beaten – here's the thing about Alabama and why I wouldn't disagree with a flyer on 15-1 to 1, because we've seen at their peak what they can do. Mm-hmm. They beat Gonzaga. They beat Houston. And they beat Baylor. And Houston was, you know, full strength back in early December. But they've also seen the downfalls, which is you lose to Iona, you lose to Davidson, you lose to uh, Georgia, you lose to Missouri. But you're looking at a 15-1 to ticket. See, that's where I have a hard time pulling the trigger on UNLV at 12-1 to because I think that's going to pop for a lot of people. But it was 28-1 to last week. One win dropped them their odds in half. But see, I started noticing them on the nightcap when they played Fresno State. And I wasn't sure if it was just, okay, Fresno having an off Well, they're going to lose tonight, so you might want to wait because they're going to go to Reno and lose. At Nevada? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They are now a two-point underdog. That line opened at a pick. It's up to two. So maybe wait a little bit. 
after they lose to Nevada tonight because uh, that might be uh, that might be mentioned later on. And, and in maybe the show. this is them proving that they're for real because the line screams to to high heavens that okay, this is, game is Nevada's mm-hmm. and. Revenge spot for Nevada. Already lost to UNLV once this year. UNLV. See, I thought that was for Colorado State, though. Colorado State was coming to Vegas. Revenge spot after getting smoked. It was an emotion. I was at look, home. I was there. Um, Why would this be any different? Because this. And I'm ga- not disagreeing as much as I'm asking. Because this game means much more to Nevada than it does did for Colorado State. UNLV was at home. They're playing a nationally ranked team. I know they had already beaten them once before. But the coach have incentives, like if they finish above 500 at Nevada, he gets a bonus. I mean, they're 12 and 13. Why are they a two-point favorite then, Sean? I agree. Why is the line moved I in their direction? I agree 100%. I mean, we're, we're looking at a, what, two-day turnaround, and this is going to be a really, really big spot for Nevada. But let's look at the, uh, let's look at the slate. Seth Greenberg going to join us. Uh, bottom of the hour, and I know a game that jumps out to you. I agree. Uh, I laid the one too. Is this a big letdown spot for Florida? Florida beat Auburn over the weekend, sixty-three to sixty-two. Held on for dear life, but got a huge, huge win for their bubble purposes. And now they've got to turn around and play Arkansas, but they're at home. Arkansas has certainly been playing much better. Uh, I think Arkansas is capable of making a deep run in March. Razorbacks get it done tonight in Gain- uh, in Gainesville? I think so. And uh, the only thing that scares me, Florida's actually been pretty good this year in Gainesville. Like the majority of their losses have been on the road. So there is that angle, but I do think this is still an immature Florida team in a lot of ways, and I don't see them maintaining the same level of attention to detail coming off of the Auburn win. So I think there's a slight letdown. And I think from a talent standpoint, Arkansas is really good. And I think Arkansas needs this win. Because really, right now, to me, they're playing for seeding. Oh, yeah. Come to NCAA tournament. Yeah, Arkansas. So, so they'll be locked in. Arkansas is in a situation. I mean, they've only lost one game in the past, you know, month and a half. They, they're playing – uh, Musselman's squad is 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 turning it on. They're a tremendous defensive team. He's a heck of a coach. They just you know they just held Tennessee over the weekend to forty eight points. Now, it slightly scared me initially when I looked at the schedule because the Florida game was sandwiched between Tennessee and Kentucky. I right. thought maybe they would be looking ahead, but Florida beating Auburn I think helped my opinion in this game because I think it's going to refocus Arkansas, especially. Auburn going to Gainesville and losing. Now they're going to Gainesville. So I, I like the Razorbacks tonight, and I think they're going to cover pretty comfortably. I don't think this is one we're going to have to, you know, be up three, you know, begging, you know, Florida not to make like a two-point and, and beat us. I, I do like Arkansas in this game. The only matchup between ranked teams tonight is happening in Hartford, Connecticut. This will not be on campus at UConn. This will be at the XL Center in uh, downtown Hartford. It is a sellout. It'll be a great crowd. Uh, UConn is laying two against Villanova. Villanova, since uh, Sean on the nightcap, made a proclamation that they would be a eight seed. Uh, they have won five in a row. The eighth in the country. Uh, they are playing, uh, they are on in some brackets, uh, a two seed. Uh, with the bracket reveal over the weekend, they're currently sitting on the three line. I think UConn is is the second most talented team 
in the Big East, and they're starting to play much better. Uh, R.J. Cole is emerging. Uh, they've got Sonogo, who's a big down low. I think this is a real tough spot for Villanova. Villanova proved that they're capable of going on the road to a hostile environment and beating Providence. But you look at that game against Providence, Sean, and I was on Villanova in that spot. A bit fortunate to get the cover. I laid the four. They won by five. But they shot the lights out in that game. Colin Gillespie was out of his mind, which he can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a fifth-year senior with a ton of playing experience. Justin Moore had a big first half in that game. I think this is a tricky, tricky spot uh, for Villanova. This is a monstrous spot for UConn. And once again, you look at the line, Sean, there's a reason uh, that the odds makers have made the Huskies the favorite over Villanova here tonight. Yeah, I think you have to side with Connecticut in this. I'm not going to play the game, but uh, I don't think the Villanova uncles are very good. Um, you can't just... But so, listen, Villanova uh, just beat UConn by 11, and now UConn, UConn's favorite by two and a half. And I, I know that game was... Villanova was the home team. Why are they not good? I just don't think... They're uh, 14 their and lack three of athleticism is going to hold up on the defensive end. And I don't think they're very dynamic on offense. They are a veteran team. They are mentally tough, so they have that going for them. But I call them the uncles because they play like an uncle type of game. Justin Moore is an NBA prospect. Jermaine Samuels. Listen, we tend to disagree here. I think in this particular game, the line is saying no, UConn is the side. I actually agree with you. I think yeah. this is a tricky spot for I just for don't Villanova. have any success betting UConn this year. If I'm with them, they lose. If I go against them, they, they win by double digits. So You do have a lot of success, I'm though, personally gonna leave shorting game Villanova, though. That's that's worked out quite well. That hadn't worked either. No. So no. I'm not even going to watch this game. I just look at the results. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, going into the NCAA tournament, the Big East is a, a league that I will be fading from the outset. So, once again, just you, my opinion. Every team, you know, you, you go from 64, goes down to 32. We've got to go to break. And then 32 down to... 60. But look, you could you know you could back a team like Purdue who lost to North Texas last year, and then North Texas lost to Oh Villanova. That's right. Hey, let's talk to Seth Greenberg. He'll join us bottom of the hour right here on Vsin. Follow the money on Vsin, the sports betting network. Vsin has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN All Access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only 29 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns of every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. Tim Murray, Sean King, sitting in for Mitch and Paul here on Follow the Money. We are the normal hosts of the nightcap. Sean, of course, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but also spent, what, four years as the on the staff of South Florida? Yes, and most importantly, fresh off of a visit to Cameron Indoor well, no, I wouldn't say to most. see my Dukies. Well, can you let me lead into our next guest, the yeah. former <laughs> USF head men's basketball coach? You drop, Seth, you, you just, I mean, I know you know Sean. This is what I have to deal with every night. You know, I'm trying to to gracefully lead into you and say, you know, former South, well, we got a tie here, and he, he drops in that. Did you know, Seth, that Sean King is a, a massive Duke basketball fan? It's a terrible thing. 
there are so many closet Duke fans. I mean, it's, it's out of control. I mean, it's just the way it's just the way it is. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not, I, I think his alumni card might get taken away. You know, with with, with that commitment, I, I'm just not sure. Uh, Seth, I will agree. There are a lot of closet fans. However, I am one that's been on the wagon since the Johnny. Dawkins, Tommy Amaker, Billy King days. So I guarantee at my uh, high school in South St. Petersburg, I was one of the few young people that looked like me that was actually rooting for Duke versus UNLV. So I've told the line in the face of extreme adversity for quite some time. <laughs> Remember that because I coached against those UNLV teams uh, when I was at Long Beach State, and they were no joke now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. Well, in 92, Duke beat the Fab Five uh, in uh, in the national championship. A member of that team, Jawan Howard, uh, now the head coach of Michigan. Seth, I know you've been you know asked about it a million times, and you know anywhere you look, I, I'm seeing your head uh, talk about this on ESPN. Uh, what did you make of the ruling uh, for the five-game suspension for Jawan Howard, and then secondly, now Phil Martelli steps in for a bubble team. How, how does Michigan respond to their head man being sidelined for five games? Yeah, I'm actually sitting outside of ESPN getting ready to get up in a couple of minutes. But you know, I think they got it right. And I, and here's where I, where I say it's almost like the difference between a flagrant one and a flagrant two foul. You know, flagrant one foul is unnecessary contact. That was Greg Gard, unnecessary contact, no doubt about it. And I think it's right that he got a fine. Uh, but a flagrant two is unnecessary, excessive contact committed by a player against an opponent. And that's what he did. Like, you know, to me, and Sean, you know this because you've coached. You need to lead. You need to set an example. Uh, you need to understand that these young people that are following you are going to mirror your behavior. And for Juwan, after they had the initial altercation, to leave and then come back basically into the fray and take that swing. All right. To me, that's where he crossed the line. And that's why he was suspended. Like hey, we were, we were at South Florida and we had a dispute. We were working on the same staff or even in different departments. And I said something you didn't like. All right. And you took a swing. All right. Probably there would have been repercussions. This is just the way it is. So I, I think they got it right, but I also think Duan got it right. But what, reading his statement that he put out yesterday, I thought he stated it perfectly, and uh, and he took full ownership and responsibility, which I think is really important. Sends a clear message to his players that you know what, what I did was wrong. You don't need to mirror that type of behavior. We're better than that, and uh, you know it's going to be a steep price to pay. There's no doubt about it. You know, I was extremely disappointed in Juwan Howard. You know, because this has never really been his mo. He was known mm -hmm. as like a cool, calm, you know, guy that maintained, you know, his emotional balance, you know, in, in the face of different yeah. situations. You know, I, I will say this, though. I was slightly disappointed in the Big Ten. First of all, I don't understand what the fines are representative of. Uh, 40000 for him, 10000 for why? Why even put that in there? Secondly, I do think the better example would have also been to give Wisconsin's coach a one-game suspension for his role in it. And thirdly, I think the thing we can learn from this, I'm very interested and your opinion on this, is why do they still do the handshake lines? Haven't, isn't that outdated? Is it, shouldn't we now just, okay, the game's over, go to the locker room. If you have someone you want to say hello to, you do that after you shower and the game's been over. Come on, man, Sean. I mean, like, I mean, what, what does athletics teach us? Athletics teaches us how to compete. Athletics teaches us the difference between right and wrong, how to be, how to be a good teammate, how to deal with success, how to deal with adversity. 
I mean, you're telling me we, we, our leaders and, and in general, I, I was head coach uh, for 22 years, 33 years as a coach. I, that's a lot of handshake lines. Never once had an altercation. I mean, you're telling me we can't be good enough to, you know what, understand at the end of a game, we can fight our brains out, and at the end of the game, we can't look our opponent in the eye and say, you know what, hey, good luck. Winning or losing. I, I, I think that, that, that originally, you know what, I said maybe we should get rid of it. And my daughter, who back in those South Florida days was just you know, a couple of years old. Now it's 33 years old, which makes us both very old. All right? <laughs> my, my, my daughter said, when, when, when I said that, she said that. I said, I've been with you for a gazillion games. And you know what? Like, I think it's really, really important to understand that you can be up to do both. You can compete like hell, but then have respect the game, respect your opponent, respect competition, and be able to, you know what, shake hands and, and move on. And, and I, you know what, I thought about it for a while, and I said, she's right. Because how many times has this really happened? And, and, and what lessons are we teaching our guys? So, you know, every time you advance adversity, just walk away from it. Or do you have to sometimes meet it head on and, and respect, you know, whatever outcome might have happen in your life? I think the lessons we learn in sport, I think, is really important. Uh, it's not just the, in the moment. It's the lesson that you learn big picture that's going to help mold you to help you be successful when those type of circumstances happen later in your life. You know, so, so I agree with you 100 you know, percent. Um, I just wish that organic utopian mindset that we kind of played under coast and still existed uh is it not time to maybe pivot from that considering the transfer portal and how difficult it is to develop a culture with the roster turnover the nil situation that even though it's allowing kids to capitalize on their self-image and likeness it's also promoting selfishness like has that environment kind of been terminated already in collegiate sports even though it probably shouldn't be it seems to have moved on so should you pivot uh, you know, like the, the NIL is an interesting thing for me because, uh, you know, to me, ever since it's going to ruin the locker room, it's going to do this, it's going to do that. Uh, you know what? You know what we've lost, John, and, and you're a perfect example of it. You, 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 you got it when you were in school. We lost the value of education. Mm-hmm. We lost the value of why you go to college to to change your station in life, to improve yourself, to 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 to, to get something that no one can take away from you. Like NIL is not going back. The portal's not going back. So like, even as a coach, if I ever got back, you know, there's no sense in complaining about it. Is there selfishness? It's not as much the players. Like I, you know, like when you play the, the, the people around you create the static. Absolutely. You in essence, you in a locker room, you know, you're competing with your, with your guys and you're, you know, but once you leave that locker room, it's all the static that's around the, the players today, because, you know, it sounds silly, but, there are outside people that are all looking to monetize an 18-year-old. Where an 18-year-old, you know, if you have an opportunity for NIL, look, NIL is part of it right now. It's legalized cheating. You know it and I know it. Schools are putting together these collectives, putting eight, nine, ten, twelve billion dollars in a collective, and then just trying to find deals for a guy that, so they can say, you know, Sean, hey, he's a hell of a quarterback. That guy knows how to win. He's competitive. He's tough. All right? We need him. So, you know, basically, you know, these guys are becoming pros. Uh, but while we're doing that, I, it bothers me that we forget about the academic aspect because all the guys that get to the league and all that, that's great. But in the end, what are you going to do the rest of your life? You know, how are you going to be a productive member of society? And I think we, we've got to find a balance in this thing because no one ever, ever talks about the educational component. 
We're talking once again to Seth Greenberg, former Virginia Tech USF coach. Hey, coach, we only have about a minute here. I'm just curious your thoughts on the number one team in the land, Gonzaga. I think the questions will arise again. Oh, they can get there, but they can't get it done. When you watch Gonzaga, is there something that sets them apart from last year's team? Yeah, they don't have to play Baylor. I mean, yeah, I mean, Chet Holmgren changes them a little bit. Andrew Nabhart's playing at a really high level. He's like a, got 3.25 to one assist to turnover ratio. So, you know, he's a little bit more mature guard. Uh, I think that'll help him. But I, I, when I say Baylor, Baylor was this different. I mean, you talk about that backcourt. That backcourt dominated him. I don't think I don't think there's a backcourt that can dominate him the way that that that, that Baylor backcourt dominated him. So I think it's a more level playing field. I think this Gonzaga team can win it. It's hard to win a championship. It's hard. You got to be a little bit lucky, play well at the right time. And but they're you know Holmgren's really special. But their best player is Drew Timmy. So it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a great tournament, man. It's going to be an unbelievable tournament. Yeah. Coach K gets it done. Cuts down the nets in his final season. There you go. There you go. All you Duke homers. Uh, it's, it's nauseating. It's nauseating. Hey, coach, appreciate it. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. There he is. Stay well, man. Thanks, man. Seth Greenberg from ESPN. It's Follow the Money. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John. My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. (laughs) Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. The Sports Betting Network. Hit the court for your cut of the cash with the FX Snowfall Kingpin Challenge. Play free in two fantasy hoop contests and battle for a share of 15000 bucks in total cashes. 
while the fight for L.A. rages on during Season 5 of FX Snowfall. Head to DraftKings.com slash Snowfall now to get in on the action. Snowfall does return tomorrow, February 23rd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings for details. Great stuff from Seth Greenberg. I didn't know. I mean, I guess it makes sense. He was the head coach at USF. You were at USF. But you guys didn't overlap. Yeah, we didn't overlap. But he just, you know. So my brother. Knows genius. Right. That that too. <laughs> But my brother played at USF, so I was around. Okay. Yeah, and um, he coached one of my best friends, Andrew Frazier. Oh, okay. Makes sense. So I used to go and scrimmage sometimes and get buckets against them. You know, when they thought they were kind of on the cusp of getting good, <laughs> you know, I- I'd show up. Yeah, to bring up the old head? to bring, uh... bring them down a little bit. Oh, okay. You think 96, I was freshman at Tulane. That's right. All right, so South Florida did not have football. Until, they didn't have football? Yeah, their first year playing football was 96 or 97. One of really? Two. Yeah. So they weren't an option for kids like myself coming out. Do you think if USF had the program it has today, you would have stayed at home? The one that didn't get over the three-and-a-half win total? No. Your but guarantee? In 16, that was a 10-11 win team? Possibly. How about your guy, going, uh, Charlie Strong, going to Miami? I saw that. What a staff crystal ball is uh, yeah, it took a while, putting together but down he, there. He just, I guess when you just have unlimited cash, you're just throwing at people like, here, take this. Which ironically has not been the My, operating right. like, oh, operandum for Miami. They've generally been looked at as not in the upper echelon from compensation standpoint. So maybe that's changing. But, hey, he's putting together a good staff. A lot of guys I know can recruit, which is going to be major. Uh, hope their NIL game is where it needs to be. Yeah. So we will uh, – yeah. it's It's been interesting to see that that staff kind of come together. Uh, you know, they go to – they get Josh Gaddis from, uh, from Michigan, which is a, we think would be a good hire. Kind of raises some – Red flags a little bit that to me about the shocking. Michigan situation. That was shocking. I mean, shocking for me. Just because of the J.J. McCarthy factor. The kid I coached at IMG that played late in the semifinal game and made the plays. Like I was super surprised that Gaddis would leave knowing that he had that caliber of quarterback for the next two years. And the uncertainty. Well, the kid they got at Miami. I know, but he's not McCarthy. And you're having to learn a new system, whereas McCarthy would be in the same system in year two. So that's generally when they tend to flourish for a young player. You know, just interesting. I do think there's there's a lot of excitement about now, Tyler you're always Van Dyke. A, you're always, but he's not J.J. McCarthy. You're always balancing, okay, do I want to live in Coral Gables, Florida? Do I want to live in Ann Arbor, Michigan? Not anything's wrong with Ann Arbor. Just saying the weather I think, I think is there was, slightly different. I think there was more to do about, do I want Jim Harbaugh to continue to be my boss, or do I want to do go somewhere new? And I think that was and the, weighing the, on the, that, too. The ironic thing is they're both known in the industry as being very difficult to work for because they're both guys that get there 4.30 in the morning. They're in the weight room. They don't leave till 10 o'clock at night. Well, hopefully for... Josh Gaddis, he can you know Which, take, take by the way completely unnecessary take over some of the uh, the the in game decisions of Mario Cristobal because that's his downfall. He's a phenomenal recruiter, yeah. but in game an interesting trend too to follow when it comes to coaching. A lot of college guys are going to the pros, and it's for the reason I just talked about. 
Yeah, the uh, Kentucky OC is yeah. going to the pros. College has gotten ridiculous from a time consumption standpoint for coaches. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the NFL season ends, and you kind of get a little breather because they have a whole department that's responsible for the draft. So although you're evaluating right. players, it's just your position, and ultimately it's just your opinion, and you're not going to be the decision maker. Well, in college, like as soon as the season's over, you're right into recruiting. Oh yeah. As soon as recruiting's well, over, you're right into mat drills and, and morning, and it's not. And in the NFL, the strength and conditioning staff does that. The coaches aren't out there on the field. Yeah. You know, then you're right into summer camps, and it, it, it's never ending. And then you see a lot of guys, if they can get into the NFL, going for that reason alone. Not to uh, to derail this conversation on random college football talk, but. We've been sold a bill of goods. I mean, not, not we. I, I'm not a Miami fan. I kind of enjoy them, you know, stinking. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but we've been sold the, oh, yeah, he's going to turn it around. It was Al Golden. Then it was Randy Shannon. And then it was uh, then it was um, uh, Mark Richt, who <laughs> actually got them to, I believe he got them to an ACC championship in a big-time bowl for one year. Then it was Manny Diaz. Oh, yeah, Mi- Miami guy. Is Cristobal going to get it done there? I think he has the best chance because the environment is so different. See, where Miami has been behind the eight ball is lack of facilities and infrastructure because they're really landlocked. They don't have room or obviously the finances to build an on-campus stadium, to have a state-of-the-art facility. And so they've struggled to compete against the Alabamas and Ohio States and Clemsons who've come to Miami and gotten elite players because of stuff. Now, as long as Cristobal has the NIL situation worked out, which that's a lot easier to do, in my opinion, than building physical you know, structures on campus, then competitively they'll be fine. And at the end of the day, the difference between Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and programs like Miami, Pittsburgh is players. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, those first three schools have a lot more elite players than the schools – that are in that next tier. Yeah, and I know Miami fans. Well, we got to get back to the U days. We got to get back to winning championships. Don't you worry about just you know I don't know winning like ten games consistently before well, you how about just, just start to the ACC. Yeah, why don't you? Why don't we? Why don't we do that first? It's a process. Um, I was trying to find. I wasn't trying to be rude. I was trying to find some division odds. Uh, DraftKings has taken down the NFC North because of the. Cryptic Isn't that amazing? Instagram post. A guy hits send on a tweet, and well, but think about what he odds would, go black. But would think about what he would mean to that division. And oh, by the way, uh, we got this report on Monday uh, from Score North that the Panthers reached out to the Vikings about potentially trading for Kirk Cousins. So there's that going on, and I think I, it's not a mystery that the Panthers desperately need a quarterback. That is factual. But if they're reaching out to a lot of teams, Sean, I find it intriguing that the Vikings were the one that this one magically came out there. I think obviously the Vikings want to figure out a way to potentially get off that deal if they can. So well, one, do you think... Do you think one, yeah, go ahead. They've reached out to every team. That's what I'm saying. That but, has a quarterback that they would would but like. But this to is the acquire. only one that has been reported right. because I think the Vikings like the fact that they got a call. From Absolutely, and somebody the in the power structure with the Vikings knows uh, this person very well, 
and send him a text. I have something for you. Meet yep. me for coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And this won't be the last time the Panthers' name pops up because Matt Rule and Mr. Tepper, who owns the Panthers, they know when Sam Darnold played at a slightly above average level early in the season and Christian McCaffrey was healthy, what, a 4-1? and one? And then Darnold turned into Darnold and McCaffrey got injured and they could not find consistent quarterback play the rest of the year and the season tanked. So they feel like if they can get effective, consistent quarterback play, they don't even need elite quarterback play, just consistent, which is what Kirk Cousins is, then they have a chance to drastically improve and make the playoffs. And what that does is it keeps people's jobs. So they're going to be in the market for a QB. So I would not be surprised if you hear that name Carolina Panthers pop up a lot with other teams' quarterbacks. Like you mentioned, the fact that the Vikings were the first one to make it public probably means that they are willing to willing listen, to listen yeah. if it makes sense. I just don't know if I would be willing to pay what it would take to get Kirk Cousins. Because regardless of what you think about Kirk Cousins, the amount that you're going to have to give back and a trade for him is going to be comparable to what someone would give back for Rodgers. Simply because Rodgers... won't be that high? Well, simply because Rodgers only has one year left on this deal. So you're trading on the come. Well, assuming Rodgers... Kirk only has one year left, too. But they could renegotiate, they could extend it longer. But real quick, before we hit a break, the odds aren't out there, but with the cryptic, hey, thanks for the memories... Instagram post, <laughs> new coach in Minnesota, uh, new coach in Chicago, Detroit being Detroit. Who would you put a bet on to win the NFC North right now? Got to pick here. Jeez. I might go. Uh, Don't say Detroit. Yeah, I might go Lions. Oh, I just God. like the way they played at the end of the year. They have Jared Goff. I know. Right now. Oh. But, but we don't have any odds. We don't have any odds right now because Aaron Rodgers is posting to Instagram. All right, it is Follow the Money, final hour of the show coming up. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 